0: The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A big bank is backtracking after installing metal spikes on concrete benches outside of its building. The spikes were set up outside the downtown CIBC on the corner of Jasper Avenue and uh, 101st Street, you know, right there on the corner. Uh, It was all in an effort, really, to deter people from sitting in the area. Uh, The move resulted in intense criticism from many, and after initially saying it was all part of a commitment to the safety and well-being of its clients and staff, it did an about-face and committed to removing the barrier Amos uh, Kiner-Nonicus is the principal founder of Studio Design, etc., a company whose work explores the activation of underutilized places in the city. As well, they work with City Hall to accommodate Edmonton's marginalized community through what it calls strategic and thoughtful design. Amos joins us now. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Uh, Thanks for taking the time this afternoon. You were one of the first people who I saw posting about this on on social media. I watched closely as it unfolded uh, over the past 24, 48 hours. How did you find out about it, uh, Amos, and what went through your mind when you saw it at
1: first? Uh, Well, you know, I work downtown. We have a lot of projects downtown, and so I was just walking down Jasper Avenue and kind of saw these these you know barbaric spikes coming out of these benches outside of CIBC and I was actually quite appalled um, you know we've seen this in other cities around the world but not really in Edmonton this kind of hostile architecture um, and so I tweeted it out at CIBC and said you know what this is unacceptable in our downtown you know uh, a lot of our community organizations us as planners and designers and and city leaders have really been working to make our downtown, safe and inclusive, and this just really detracts from all of that uh, and creates, you know, alienation and and disenfranchisement of some of our most vulnerable populations.
0: Yeah, what did those spikes, when you saw them, what did they tell you about who they were trying to keep away?
1: Uh, Well, you know, what they're saying is that those people who don't have anywhere else to go, you're not allowed to come here. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're kind of taunting them, too, you know. It would have been better if they had just removed the bench, you can mm. see this bench, but they has, you know, human pigeon spikes on top of it, just taunting you.
0: Human pigeon spikes, that's a good way of describing them, uh, without a doubt. Uh, now, I believe that those benches are private property, are they not?
1: They are, yes.
0: So, you know, I, I don't even have to probably look at my text line and say, hey, it's private property, they can do whatever they want on it. What do you say to that?
1: Uh, you know, it is private property, but it is a, a public amenity. It's a publicly accessible space. Uh, and it fronts onto one of our our biggest pedestrian streets in Edmonton, Jasper Avenue. And so, you know, technically, yes, it's private land, but there are restrictions on what you can do uh, in our premier districts like Jasper Avenue. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I would just say that while it's private land, I think that property owners should have a little bit of community mindedness and recognize that they're a part of an ecosystem downtown. It's not just their plot of land. They're part of a community.
0: And when you first tweeted at CIBC, what did they say back to you?
1: Uh, well, the, uh, <laughs> it was a scripted response. Um, yeah. uh, they were saying, you know, this is for the safety and comfort of our clients and employees. And sometimes we do things to protect that. Um, and, you know, they have signs posted outside of their building saying that this is COVID-19 related. I really question that seeing as these were installed about two weeks ago and we've been in a crisis for five, six months.
0: Well, and to be honest with you, if you've seen any uh, video over the past four months taken of the lineups out there, it doesn't seem like they were too worried about the the, the social distancing. I've seen video over the past four months from that location where uh, people were not mindful of social distancing, so I find that uh, hard to believe that it had anything to do with COVID. I think you and I both know uh, what it uh, what it's all what it's all about here. So that was the first that was the first tweet, um, and and CIBC has now changed its mind and said that they would take these spikes down. It's a small victory.
1: It's a start. You know, uh, we did reach out to CIBC and we said, you know, if you're willing to take down these spikes, we're willing to work with you and redesign this space with input from the community and with a number of other stakeholders to make sure that it's inclusive and works for you and works for the community uh, and we'll donate the entire design fee to Boyle Street. So it's great that they've they've removed these fights. I mean that's a great start, but our offer remains on the table, and they can really be a leader in this and turn this into a a, a feel good story. So
0: Amos, in between all of this, uh, oh no, first off, uh, and so you haven't heard back from CIBC regarding that offer.
1: We have not, no okay
0: uh in between uh, all of this um your company uh you know you got on things very very quickly and designed uh seat cushions that could go over these spikes and hand them out tell us about those and what was the reaction and the reception to them
1: yeah so i mean i was on my way over to my shop uh when i saw them and and so i went back and just said hey uh let's provide a temporary solution because people need somewhere to sit it's, it's plus 30 out and we have lots of people downtown and so we just manufactured these hard-back chair pads uh, i went over to CIBC and, and started handing them out to a couple of people a couple of people were pretty hesitant to take them but uh many did we handed out about 15 and people started sitting back down on these bikes and it was really interesting we talked to a man named jimmy uh, and he said, you know, with this whole COVID-19 crisis, I haven't been able to get this elective eye surgery that I need. I'm blind in one mm-hmm. eye, and I really need places to rest as I'm walking down downtown. And I was really hurt when these spikes popped up. And so this is great that you're handing these out.
0: Amos, in one of the uh, news articles that I was reading, it, you were quoted as saying that this is not the way that we should be dealing with whatever issues we have downtown. When we're talking about those issues, in your mind, how do we deal with those issues? And, and, and from your perspective, from where you sit with the work that you do, um, what should be done? How do we move forward on making downtown uh, a more uh, inclusive, welcoming space?
1: Well, you know, I would first say that the problem isn't that we have a bench downtown. Uh, (laughs) The problem is that we've created a situation in the city where, unfortunately, some segments of our population are forced to sleep on benches outside. Um, So there's a number of ways that we can kind of work this out. And the first is, of course, starting at the the start of the problem and, and offering permanent supportive housing and resources like that. But from a design perspective, you know, obviously there there was some tension between the property owner and some of the business folk and these more vulnerable populations that were hanging outside. Uh, And there's ways that we can kind of get those groups to to come to some sort of consensus on what the public space should be used and how it should look like. Um, And it's all about collaboration and engagement. Um, And, you know, some beautification and those more designy things, but really if we can bring the community together to design something that works for both those uh, vulnerable populations and property owners and everyone downtown, uh, we can come to a solution where we actually include those people in the conversation uh, and design with them because, you know, downtown is for everyone. Not just the people who work there, not just the people who, who may walk down, but everyone in the city. And so we really need to be inclusive and make thoughtful decisions with how we go about designing our downtown to make sure everyone is included. And when we do that, when we have everyone in that conversation, I think we'll find that our space becomes more inclusive and we have less of this tension.
0: How do we get to that point and have those conversations with with those groups? And, and have we started at all having those conversations?
1: Uh, we have started, yeah. Uh, so we're on a project with the City of Edmonton called Recover, uh, which is sort of a social innovation initiative to, to kind of work out some of these problems and design some spaces with the community to ease some of this tension. Um, but there's ways that we can, we can bring them to the table. You know, there's great organizations like Boyle Street Community Services who we've been working with to engage with some of these vulnerable populations in a compassionate way. Um, But the key is not designing for them, it's designing with them. Uh, If we start just designing for them, it's not going to work. They need to be a part Mm -hmm. of that conversation.
0: Are there, um, when you take a look at other cities, other major Canadian cities, uh, you know, are are there ones that you could point to and say, hey, you know what? you know i don't know saskatoon's doing a really good job or halifax is doing a really good job could could we look to a to a community and and maybe um take a look at, at what they're doing and get an idea of you know um some of the work that you're doing or that where you'd like to move forward on this
1: uh yeah i, I mean i can't name a specific city but mm. there's a number of different groups um in los angeles that i know of that have kind of gone around and proposed that we take out the, this hostile architecture like these spiked benches and they've offered to design new and inclusive benches for free kind of like our initiative as well um yeah you, you know th- we obviously have this problem in, in a lot of cities in, in canada and across the world but again it's, it's how do we accommodate these populations and work to the root of the problem instead of excluding yeah. them from our public spaces it's out of wow. side, out of mind right it doesn't solve anything
0: no, you're right. It doesn't solve anything. And, you know, we've been having this conversation. This conversation has been going on for years, hasn't it, about, you know, what we need to do and how do we get, you know, supportive housing and, and who's going to pay for it and, uh, you know, all of these things and in, a, in a fiscally challenged time. I mean, you know, we're I, I wonder how how fast uh, we can move forward on on any of this but we know that you know the mayor has been pushing forward uh, on this has been trying to and members certain members of city council but there's so many layers to this isn't there it's like i've always said when it comes to um you know uh, our vulnerable population our homeless population there are so many layers there it's like an onion every time you peel back there's a there's another layer there there's so much that has to be addressed but we do know housing uh, supportive housing is a big start on on that one Amos, when you when you take a look at at downtown and you talk about hostile architecture. Are there other places that you'd say, oh my gosh, we we really should do something about that?
1: Well, you know, hostile architecture can take a lot of different forms. And so Mm -hmm. the most aggressive are which, you know, barbaric spikes on top of benches. That's an extremely Mm -hmm. aggressive and and in-your-eyes type of hostile architecture. Um, But there's many other examples. You know, if you've ever sat down on a bench and you notice that there's three center armrests on there, Uh, that's not necessarily so that people have a good, easy time getting up. That's so that uh, homeless individuals can't sleep on that bench. Uh, Or if you've come across a bench that is, you know, slightly angled so that you can't sit comfortably for a long time, that's meant to deter people from being in that space. Uh, So there's many ways that certain designers and certain um, property owners have designed their spaces to control people and control their behavior. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I think if we design... Uh, spaces to be used by everyone and to be inclusive it's just going to be much better for our society.
0: One of the things, and uh, boy oh boy, I just love this recent piece of work that you've 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 done. Uh, I just think it's absolutely stunning. You talk about, and I and I mentioned it in the intro. Um, you, you know, part of the description of your company is one that works to explore the activation of underutilized places in the city. And um, Rainbow Road, this this mm-hmm. installation along uh, that spur line alley off White Avenue. Uh, to me, I call it Honeycomb Road. That's what it looks <laughs> like. <laughs> it looks like. Um, um, a multicolored beehive. I think it's absolutely stunning, and I think it just adds so much to that area. Um, you, where did that come from, and are, are you surprised by the reception it's received?
1: You know, I was floored by the amount of uh, kind of coverage it got, and the amount of people that reached out and said, "Hey, this is so cool." Um, I mean, I, I knew we were doing something a little unique, but I did not <laughs> expect the reaction. It's just been amazing. Um, But the the Old Strathcona Business Association reached out to us a number of weeks ago uh, about the closed lane on White Avenue and they said, how do we make this a really people-friendly place? You know, it looks like a construction zone right now. How do we we really make this work? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so part of that was Spurline Alley. They said, hey, while you're doing all these uh, these activation peaches and and setting down these planters and tables, why don't we do something with Spurline Alley? Uh, And we were all for that because a lot of what we try to do is, is, again, activate these kind of underutilized spaces, these forgotten about spaces in the city. Yeah. Uh, and so we said, you know, let's add a huge pop of color. Um, and, you know, these last three or four months when we've been stuck inside of our houses, it kind of reminded <laughs> me of being, you know, eight and nine years old and I'd uh, stay home sick from school and play Mario Kart in my basement for eight hours. And there was always like that elusive colorful level in Mario Kart called Rainbow Road. And So we kind of wanted to Create that <laughs> and and recreate that nostalgia on White Avenue because it's just so old Trascona. It's so yeah. it fits the vibe so well.
0: Well, it's absolutely spectacular. I think you have a, a really, really fascinating job, Amos. and I think um, you know the work that you're doing uh, in the city is is much needed and as we're seeing, it's uh, being well received. So I want to thank you and I want to thank you for uh, your you're making time to to have this conversation today. I'd like to yeah, I'd like to chomp on this a little bit more with you at some point down the road, but thank you for joining us today.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me.
0: You betcha. That is Amos Kiner Nanakis, who is the lead uh, designer at Design Etc., an urban design and placemaking studio, and in, in Edmonton.